December 23rd. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will come from the book of Revelation, chapter 14, verses 1 through 20. We'll see that John used agricultural images to tell us that the time was ripe for judgment. There are first fruits. God takes the best for himself before the harvest begins. We meet the 144,000 in chapter 7, God's sealed servants who come through the tribulation and sing the praises of the Lamb. The description in verse 4 should be taken in a spiritual sense. They did not commit fornication by worshiping the beast or his image. We'll uh, read about wine. The cup of wrath is an image borrowed from Jeremiah chapter 25. God pours out his wrath on those who follow the beast and reject God's truth. Although verse 13 may be applied to all believers who die, it will have special meaning to the martyrs of that evil day. And we'll read about reaping here in Revelation chapter 14. God is allowing the seeds of sin to grow and produce a harvest. Yes, God is allowing that. One day, the world will reap what it has sown. Well, John also uses the grape harvest to illustrate the coming judgment. The vine of the earth, so to speak, is ripening, and one day God will apply the sickle. Meanwhile, the branches in the true vine should be bearing more and more fruit. And now, let's begin today's reading in the New Testament. December 23rd, Revelation chapter 14, verses 1 through 20. Then I, John, saw the Lamb standing on Mount Zion, and with him were 144,000 who had his name and his father's name written on their foreheads. And I heard a sound from heaven, like the roaring of a great waterfall, or the rolling of mighty thunder. It was like the sound of many harpists playing together. This great choir sang a wonderful new song in front of the throne of God and before the four living beings and the twenty-four elders. And no one could learn this song except those 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. For they are spiritually undefiled, pure as virgins, following the Lamb wherever He goes. They have been purchased from among the people on the earth as a special offering to God and to the Lamb. No falsehood can be charged against them. They are blameless. And I saw another angel flying through the heavens, carrying the everlasting good news to preach to the people who belong to this world, to every nation, tribe, language, and people. Fear God, he shouted. Give glory to him, for the time has come when he will sit as judge. Worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all the springs of water. Then a third angel followed them, shouting, Anyone who worships the beast and his statue, or who accepts his mark on the forehead or the hand, must drink the wine of God's wrath. It is poured out, undiluted, into God's cup of wrath. And they will be tormented with fire and burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb. The smoke of their torment rises forever and ever and they will have no relief day or night, for they have worshipped the beast and his statue, 
and have accepted the mark of His name. Let this encourage God's holy people to endure persecution patiently and remain firm to the end, obeying His commands and trusting in Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, they are blessed indeed, for they will rest from all their toils and trials, for their good deeds follow them. Then I saw the Son of Man sitting on a white cloud. He had a gold crown on his head and a sharp sickle in his hand. Then an angel came from the temple and called out in a loud voice to the one sitting on the cloud, Use the sickle, for the time has come for you to harvest. The crop is ripe on the earth. So the one sitting on the cloud swung his sickle over the earth, and the whole earth was harvested. After that, another angel came from the temple in heaven, and he also had a sharp sickle. Then another angel, who has power to destroy the world with fire, shouted to the angel with the sickle, Use your sickle now to gather the clusters of grapes from the vines of the earth, for they are fully ripe for judgment. So the angel swung his sickle on the earth and loaded the grapes into the great winepress of God's wrath. And the grapes were trodden in the winepress outside the city and blood flowed from the winepress in a stream about 180 miles long and as high as a horse's bridle. Draw near to God and He'll draw near to me. <clears throat> Do you know what that means? First of all, it assumes that you understand that uh, God, the gospel is, God drew near. For God so loved the world that He drew near with His only begotten Son, that whoever and while we were yet sinners, God drew near. So the big idea of the scripture is that God drew near. Now that he's near, and you recognize that he's near, and you lean into his near, he gets even nearer. That's what it means. Don't, don't, get, don't get it messed up. Don't, don't, get, don't get it twisted. It's, it doesn't mean like, well, God's standing off in the distance going, whenever you're ready, you move first. No, he, he moved heaven and earth for you. He took his feet up off the earth, which is his ottoman, put on skin and bone and moved into the neighborhood he drew near and he and and if you know god it's because god let you know him god revealed himself to you what does that do well that kind of gospel that kind of theology endears you to a god who took the initiative and he drew near to you oh god is not far church God is not playing a sadistic game of hide-and-seek with us. He has revealed himself. But when we see Jesus, we see the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. Oh, we got to let go of this poor theology that anchors ourselves to self-effort and self-focus. Oh, God, I can't find you. You found me. When you feel like you're overwhelmed and you feel like you're far from God and your emotions and your uh, disposition tells you God's not near, God's far, God's not listening. you got to remind yourself that you serve a God who found you. You didn't find him. And he'll do it again and again and again and again. When it seems like 25 years into your journey with Jesus, 
You can't find him and you need him so desperately. You've got to remind yourself and remind God, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to fear. I'm not going to get anxious. I'm not going to get self-righteous. It is not my job to find you, nor can I find you. For you, when you want to be found, you will be found. And when you want to meet with me, you will meet with me. So I trust you, God. I'm going to be in the temple. You go ahead and find me. Be available, you find me because I can't find you. Because you're God, you're God. There's no formula that helps me find you. You're God, you reveal yourself. Psalm 142, verses 1 through 7. It's another of David's cave psalms and is filled with assurances that you can claim when you find yourself in a difficult place. God hears your prayers. There are times when prayer is worship, and there are times when prayer is warfare. Now in the heat of the battle, pour out your heart to the Lord and tell Him how you feel and what you need. Turn the cave into a holy of holies. God knows your path. David walked in God's will, but the enemy lied about him, and set traps to catch him. Walk with the Lord a step at a time, and he will see you through. And God feels your pain. We'll read about that. David felt completely abandoned, but he knew the Lord was with him. When you feel like nobody cares, remember that he cares for you. God is your portion. If you have God, what more do you need? One with God is a majority. So be wholly satisfied with Him, and God will be praised. Now, it may not look like it now, but one day your trials will turn out for your good and God's glory. So start praising Him now by faith, and you'll be tuned up when the answer comes. Psalm 142, verses 1 through 7, a Psalm of David, regarding his experience in the cave. A prayer. I cry out to the Lord. I plead for the Lord's mercy. I pour out my complaints before Him and tell Him all my troubles. For I am overwhelmed, and you alone know the way I should turn. Wherever I go, my enemies have set traps for me. I look for someone to come and help me, but no one gives me a passing thought. No one will help me. No one cares a bit what happens to me. Then I pray to you, O Lord. I say, you are my place of refuge. You are all I really want in life. Hear my cry, for I am very low. Rescue me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison so I can thank you. The godly will crowd around me, for you treat me kindly. Proverbs chapter 30, verses 21 through 23. There are three things that make the earth tremble. No, for it cannot endure. A slave who becomes a king, an overbearing fool who prospers, a bitter woman who finally gets a husband, a servant girl who supplants her mistress.